I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty Show. My name is Hannah. As usual, I'll be your host for this evening. And week six is in the books. It was actually one of the lowest scoring weeks for fantasy for some time. I think we'd have been spoiled really a little bit these last few weeks with these really high scoring games and players. But it's come crashing down to earth a little bit this week and it's been a bit of a quieter week. So let's take a look at those top scorers of the week. So at quarterback, not been in the top three for a long, long time. It's actually quarterback one, Dak Prescott. He scored 24.9 fantasy points. QB2, the Dolphins always seem to have someone up there. And of course, Tua Tungavailoa scored 22.5 fantasy points. QB3, Jared Goff. Him and those Lions seem to be playing fantastically well this season. He scored 22.4 fantasy points. At running back, this guy always seems to be somewhere in the top three. And of course, this week he was back at running back one. That's Raheem Muster, once again, of the Dolphins. He scored 34.2 PPR points. He actually was the highest scorer of the week this week. Running back two, really getting that workhorse role in the Jaguars offense now. Travis Etienne scored 23.3 PPR points. And then at running back three, Kyron Williams um, of the LA Rams. He again was also getting a workhorse role. Unfortunately, went down with injury. We'll talk about that in a minute. He scored 21.8 PPR points. Taking a look at the wide receivers, 
Wide receiver one this week, Amon Ra St. Brown, 30.4 PPR points. So that Detroit Lions stack really would have helped you out if you had him and Goff on your team. Wide receiver two, this guy has really been putting in uh, the points and seems to be getting those targets. That's Adam Thielen. He's actually someone we'll be discussing a little bit later as well. He got 28.5 PPR points. And then at wide receiver three, another Dolphin here on this list, Tyreek Hill, with 28.3 PPR points. Again, a great stack if you had had it, the Hill uh, to a stack. That seems to have served people really, really well so far this season with this explosive dynamic offense. Looking at tight ends, back at the top, the king of the tight ends, Travis Kelsey, uh, with 21.4 PPR points. And he was way out in the lead this week because coming in at tight end two was Dalton Schultz with 16.1 PPR points. And putting another great performance this week, Kyle Pitts with 14.3 PPR points. I swear every time I say someone in the stock down list, they turn over some fantastic uh games and seem to uh, start to perform so maybe uh, I need to start shouting out some more players that are on my teams to see if they can start performing and actually win winning me some games so unfortunately here we are again this week talking about a lot of big injury news it seems to be a lot of fantasy relevant players have been affected this week which is really difficult particularly because we're basically looking at a bipocalypse this week as well so first one we need to talk about, that's Justin Fields. He dislocated his thumb on his throwing hand uh, at the weekend. He is doubtful for week seven. I think it would be highly unlikely that he's going to play this week and potentially for a few weeks going forward because he's going to have some swelling there and I think he's going to struggle to grip that ball. His backup currently is Tyson Bagnett. He is an undrafted rookie, although they did add Trace McSorley to the practice squad. So it's going to be between those two who is going to be the quarterback running this team. I actually have no interest in picking either of these guys up on waivers unless I am really, really desperate and I need to just put a body in my quarterback spot this week. Um, if I need him for a super flex spot, I actually have no interest and I would instead look to play a high upside skill player. So someone like Rashid Shaheed um, or similar who I know that can potentially have a few explosive plays and a touchdown or two and that will likely get me enough points in that super flex spot. Another guy, another injury um, currently to our running back one, Christian McCaffrey. He suffered that oblique injury at, at the game at the weekend. He left in the third quarter he did actually try and come back into the game, but he wasn't unable. He wasn't able to play, um, and then they held him out going forward. I haven't found much information so far on the severity of that injury, or if he's even going to miss any time. I did see something earlier that they were optimistic that he would play in week seven, but but you never really know. And uh, of course, they've got to start thinking of the kind of long term here as well. We don't really want to put him in for this week if it means he's going to miss later on in the season because the 49ers really are a contender this year. So really, we're looking at Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell as the backups. So historically, we know Mitchell has had this primary backup role. He's had that for the last few seasons. But of course, last week, we did see that actually when CMC went out, Mason had more of the opportunities than Mitchell did. I think it is important to note that Mitchell was coming off an injury of his own. So there may be some reasons that he didn't actually see as much playing time. Um, but 
I do think this backfield is something to monitor if CMC starts to miss significant time. I think ultimately this is probably going to be some sort of timeshare between these two players. Um, my kind of first thoughts would be maybe Mitchell gets the, the kind of higher number of snaps, but I think it's a toss-up really between the two. So I would personally be trying to put one of these on my bench, whether it be Mason or Mitchell, um, and see whether CMC misses any time, and if so, whether either of those may be fantasy relevant to me. Sticking with the 49ers, of course, Debo also left with a shoulder injury this week. Um, I couldn't find very much information at all about the severity of this injury, but if he does have to miss time, this, of course, will give a bump to the other pass catchers, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, whilst he is out. Ryan Tannehill suffered that ankle injury, seems to be a high ankle sprain, so I think he's going to be out for a number of weeks. He wasn't playing particularly well um, when he was kind of healthy, so I don't actually think this is probably too much of an issue. Um, I mean, they've been barely fantasy relevant at all. Obviously, now his backups are Malik Willis and Will Levis. Willis came in as relief on Sunday and just was not it he didn't play particularly well he was sacked many times I think we'll probably end up seeing Will Levis coming in at some point just to see what he can do um, but it makes me a bit nervous because he was third on the depth chart coming into this week which makes me think that he hasn't shown anything to the team so far so I don't really have too much confidence that he will have any fantasy relevance I think kind of any fantasy relevance that D-Hop had, which was not a lot, um, I think unfortunately will vanish now. Um, the only guy that we can potentially um, rely on are the two guys that might be those running backs, but um, not really ideal. Uh, and the LA Rams just seem, can't seem to catch a break because both of their running backs, so Kyron Williams and then his backup Ronnie Rivers, both of those suffered injuries at the weekend and it seems like they will both be out for period of time. I think Ronnie Rivers is going on IR, potentially Karen Williams as well. So this leaves this backfield to Zach Evans, who was the sixth round rookie pick uh, this year. And then also today, they've also signed Daryl Henderson back to the practice squad. So I think that's actually a really interesting pickup because he has history with the team. He knows the scheme and he could potentially um, kind of dive right back in where he left off. So I'm interested to see how things play out here. I would add one or both of them as speculative ads just to see who potentially gets the lead in, in this backfield. But I do, again, think there's a chance that it could be a bit of a timeshare if they're not really massively happy with either of them. Just to note, like I said earlier, it is Bipocalypse, unfortunately, this week. So on buys this week, we've got the Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Jets and the Titans. So I think it might be a struggle trying to field a team this week. Um, but all we can do is, is do our best and look for those high up, uh, high upside flex players that we can can pop into our slots and hope that they can have some some boom weeks that will help us out. So as usual, let's take a look first at our stock up players who have had good performances over the start of the season or this last one or two weeks that have taken our notice and potentially bumped their stock in dynasty leagues which means we can either look to sell them or keep an eye on them to see if we feel that this is someone that we might want to acquire on our teams <clears throat> so the first guy is Jamison Williams 
he hasn't really shown much of anything since he entered the NFL last season. Obviously, we know a lot of that was due to injury. So initially, he was recovering from the ACL injury, suffered in college. And then, obviously, the next thing was the gambling ban that he had to the start of the season. Of course, that ban was overturned and he's managed to come back a little bit earlier. But he also did have a an injury in uh, in the off-season and the pre-season that he's been recovering from too. I kind of felt like the vibe around him this off-season, you know, from within the team wasn't that great. Um, and I think they weren't particularly impressed with him. Um, and... I think kind of any hope that I had of him doing well in the NFL kind of vanished a little bit. I still am not convinced he's going to be great, but he did show up on the box score this week. Obviously, he caught that long touchdown pass from Jared Goff. He finished this week with two receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, we know he does have that high ceiling because he can take the top off defences. And of course, if he gets thrown the ball, it can result in explosive plays. But I do think his floor is also extremely low. So looking at what he did this week, he actually only played on 23% of the snaps and he only ran routes on 19% of, of dropbacks, which basically equates to just nine routes. Actually, he did play a little bit more last week uh, when he had 47% um, of the snaps and he was running routes on 50% of dropbacks. So that has dropped down a bit. I do think he would be a good depth piece on a best ball team, but I actually don't really have any faith in him commanding enough targets to become a weekly reliable fantasy wide receiver at this point anyway. So I would not be particularly keen to have him on my uh, managed league bench but maybe you could have him on your best ball team leagues if I own him on a managed league so I picked him up in a rookie draft last year or I took a punt on him in the off season I would certainly be watching this very closely and if we start to see him popping up on the box score particularly with these kind of few touches that he's getting I would potentially be looking to, to sell him on um, there are still and plenty of Jameson with Williams truth is out there so I think you could certainly sell him on the next guy who saw his stock up this week after coming out of their bye was Kareem Hunt. He obviously signed back with the Browns after Chubb's injury. Actually, prior to the bye week, Jerome Ford was dominating this backfield um, and the running back snaps and opportunities. So in week four, Ford had a 58% running back opportunity share, whereas Hunt only had 19%. Ford also got six targets, whereas Hunt wasn't actually targeted at all. However, coming out of this buy, it seems like this is becoming a bit more of a committee. So this week we saw Ford had a 53% opportunity share and Hunt had a 42% share. And Ford actually had two targets to Hunt's three targets. So Hunt seems to really be getting more involved here. I'm really interested to see if this split does continue moving forward. And I think if it does, I think that makes him a weekly flex option. So again... If you've got him on a rebuilding team or there's a running back needy team in your league, I think this is obviously a kind of one season wonder. So I think really you want to try and get him off your team if you can. And I, I think you could potentially, if he continues to look like a weekly flex option, trade him for a third to one of these running back needy teams so that they've got someone that they can plug in onto their starting lineup. So the next guy who's stock up, and that's been kind of, gradually rising over the past few weeks 
is Adam Thielen. The narrative around him in the off-season was that he was washed, he wasn't going to do anything anymore, he's old, he can't really play. And although we know he's not the player that he used to be, he actually seems to be the only competent wide receiver on the Panthers. We know that historically he's played out uh, wide, but now he's played more in the slot. And because he's the only competent guy there, he is now basically being peppered with targets. So since week two, he's had a 29%, 25 26 37 and 37 percent target share resulting in a massive 57 targets i mean he basically is the panthers offense so this has actually resulted in having two wide receiver two pop performances in week two and four and then three wide receiver one performances and he actually finished as the overall wide receiver two this week he didn't do particularly well in week one and i think it's clear that he wasn't actually fully healthy coming into the season now he is he's doing absolutely fantastic he's dominating on this Panthers team and I personally think that he's either a weekly must start on a contender or a sell on we on a rebuild to a contender because this guy I think really could contribute to a contender this season Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So let's take a look at our stock down players. These guys, unfortunately, are not performing as we thought they would. Um, and it means that their stock is starting to fall. Now, in some cases, the stock is falling and we might want to be looking to buy. On other cases, the stock is falling and it means that unfortunately we might have missed a buy window or we may be stuck with these guys on our team until they start to perform again. So the first guy I want to talk about is Rashad Bateman um, on the Ravens. He was a promising receiver entering the league and I think people were really excited about him and what we thought he could do going into the uh, NFL Unfortunately, injuries just seem to have totally derailed his career thus far, and he's just never really been able to get going. Obviously, in this past season, he got a Liz Frank injury, which he was recovering from in the off-season. And then at the start of the season, he developed a hamstring injury. Finally, he's back on the field, but he's just not producing. He's actually currently running behind um, Zay Flowers and Nelson Aguilar in snap percentage and route participation. It seems to me that he's basically splitting the X receiver role with um, Odell Beckham Jr., who's not paying particularly well either. I did see him live this weekend because we were playing in London. Hopefully some of you also caught him too. And it just looked like he was struggling, to be honest. 
you know, this passing offence generally isn't as explosive as we anticipated coming into this season. And now he's the fourth pass catching option on it and he's struggling. He's actually currently the wide receiver 102 on the season. I think there was a lot of discussion about, you know, when Rashad Bateman's healthy, he's going to be um, breaking out and he's going to be one of the dominant wide receivers on this team. And unfortunately, we've just not seen it. And I'm, I'm just not convinced that, that that breakout is going to come, unfortunately. And I think potentially Rashad Bateman's time as a fancy relevant wide receiver may be uh, coming to an end. The next guy who's stocked down, some of this is, is uh, injury, but... Also, some of it is the offences on. It's DeAndre Hopkins. He is an absolute legend of the game, but he is ageing and he's on a terrible offence. As a result, he's actually currently the wide receiver 40 in PPR League so far this season. Ryan Tannehill, as we said earlier, went down with an ankle injury in London um, and then ultimately left the stadium on crutches. There is a bye week this week. There is a chance Tannehill's back, but I really don't think so. But even with Tannehill there, Hopkins is struggling from a fantasy perspective. He, of course, is the wide receiver one on this team. But unfortunately, that has meant he's only had one wide receiver one finish, where he finished as the wide receiver seven in week five. Since then, or before then, he's had a wide receiver 26, wide receiver 62, wide receiver 61, wide receiver 38 and wide receiver 80 finish. So he's been really unreliable with Tannehill. Um, to be honest, if they end up with one of the backups in, uh, either Willis or Levis, he's, he's going to be basically unstartable. So I think, it, unfortunately, if you've got Hopkins on your team, he's a forced hold because I just don't think anybody will want him. Uh, I think you're going to have to hold him on your bench, hope that um, Tannehill comes back or he's traded or something happens where he's a tiny bit more relevant and you can ride him until the wheels fall off. But unfortunately, I think uh, Hopkins has lost all of his dynasty value at this point. The next guy who stopped down um, so which is it's slightly surprising because he's the workhorse running back on his team. But it's Joe Mixon. Like I said, he clearly is the running back one on the Bengals. Literally, he's on there pretty much every single snap. Um, you know, in this workhorse role, he really should be dominating in fantasy. He has got the volume and he's been uh, used as a running back one. But he is just not performing that way. He hasn't had a single running back one finish so far this season. I don't think this is all on Joe Mixon. Some of this certainly is related to the offence. We know they've been struggling. I've been discussing it before. Burrow's injury and reduced mobility has clearly been affecting the run game as well as the passing game. But Joe Mixon has also been terribly inefficient. He's had lots of red zone touches and he's only come away with one touchdown. He's actually only broken off one big run um, this whole season and his rush expected points added have been either zero or negative for five of the six games so far. I think this is going to be the last season that we see Mixon in this workhorse role. Um, and as I say, it's not just the offence that's been struggling. I do think... If he does manage to pull together some good weeks coming off the bye, I think this is the point where you need to look to sell and get off him because I think from here, especially if he continues to struggle, I think his, his value is only going to continue to plummet. So look out for those um, 
games, which hopefully will come where he'll have some high scoring weeks. And at that point, I'll be looking to sell as much as I can. On to my favourite segment of every week, Rookie Watch. It was a reasonably quiet week, I think, for rookies, but there were some performances that I think we should discuss um, and that we should be monitoring going forward. The first guy who played on Thursday night, that was Rashi Rice. Um, I do think, you know, in the fantasy community, we've been desperate for a wide receiver from this Kansas City wide receiver room to step up, to start becoming this target hog and obviously become fantasy relevant. And just so far, this this hasn't happened. Andy Reid and Mahomes just seem to love to spread the ball around. And it's really frustrating because I think a combination of spreading the ball around and, and lack of talent has meant that none of the Kansas City wide receivers have given us any fantasy usable weeks so far this season. But I do think when you look more closely and you watch this team, Rashi Rice appears to be the most likely one to emerge here. He seems to be the most reliable wide receiver guy in this room. Um, and he seems to be, I think, more talented and able to do more with the ball in his hands. And he's clearly making plays when he is targeted and on the field. At the moment, he is running behind Sky Moore um, and also Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But I think he needs to start seeing the field more based on how he's played so far. So I'm really interested to see. They've obviously had a longer week because he played on Thursday. I'm interested to see if they uh, start to kind of mix it up a little bit and we start to see Rice on the field a bit more. The game that they had on Thursday wasn't their best. They were playing, playing the Broncos. I think they really should have blown them out and they just didn't. This offense just not quite clicking and I think they need to do something to try and get that going. And I do think maybe having Rashi Rice on the field more might help that out. Another guy that's had some notable performances, not just this week, but last week, is Michael Mayer. He's tight end of the Las Vegas Raiders. After doing absolutely nothing for the first four weeks of the season, Mayer has quietly started to work his way into this passing offence. Last week, he had three targets and a 10% target share. This week, he actually had six targets, a whopping 19% target share, and this resulted in 75 yards, and he ended up finishing as the tight end five on the week. I think he's starting to work his way into fantasy relevance, um, and I think he's someone to keep an eye on. Now, we know that Jimmy G has suffered a back injury this week, and he might be out for a few weeks. So I do think if you've got Mayer on your taxi squad, I'm certainly holding him on there until we start to see more reliable weeks. So if he can perform with a backup, or when Jimmy G is back, can he return to the form and start to see the consistent targets that we'd like to see? So for me at the moment, it's holding Money's taxi squad, monitor him closely, make sure he's having these reliable weeks or at least regular fantasy relevant weeks so that you can plug him into your starting lineup. And until that time, don't take him off your taxi squad. So the next guy I'd like to discuss, again, not massively fantasy relevant so far, but I do think maybe we're starting to see a bit more from him. That's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Obviously, there was loads of excitement for him in the offseason. He was heading to this Seahawks offense, and we thought he fit really nicely with uh, the other two wide receivers there, Lockett and Metcalf. And we thought he would be part of this Seahawks offense straight away. 
but things have been a bit quiet for JSN so far. I think the wrist injury in the preseason probably didn't help him. Um, and they just haven't really been playing with three wide receiver sets um, as much as we hope they would with JS JSN now on the team. But the Seahawks have now just come off their bye week and there actually may be some signs of hope for JSN. So this week he was on the field for 72% of snaps and he uh, ha had a root participation on 81% of dropbacks, which is his, his highest so far. Prior to the bye, all of his targets were very close to the line of scrimmage. But this week, his air yards uh, per target increased to 7.6. Again, like I said before, it didn't really result in any fancy relevance. But it could be a good sign that JSN is going to be more involved in this offense moving forward. Again, he's another guy I'm going to be monitoring closely to see whether his playtime is going to start to increase. And we're going to see kind of this rookie bump in the second half of the season and him starting to get a little bit more involved. I hope that is the case because it would be great to see him starting to do a bit more because we do know we've seen how talented how talented he was at Ohio State. So I would love to see him do well in the NFL. So that's my stock up, stock die players and also rookie watch for week six. I hope you guys all enjoy week seven. I will see you next week to break down all of the action, see who's stock up, who's stock down and which rookies we've enjoyed watching and who we want to monitor going forward. So until next week, gang, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.